Welcome back to the Youth Bible in One Year, Day 69. Today's passages are a real eye-opener. In them we see the background to the extraordinary claim of the New Testament that the one that they crucified, being the Pharisees and the Roman soldiers, is in fact my Lord and your Lord. So God is described in the Old Testament as the Lord. But how can we start seeing God as the Lord? In the days of slavery in the United States, Southern slaves were living under brutal conditions. They composed some deeply moving songs with haunting melodies, rich with emotion. These spirituals were songs of hope and anticipation. They were the soul cry of the slave longing for freedom. They embraced Jesus as their Saviour and Lord, and in the midst of almost unbearable suffering, they experienced his grace, peace and hope for the future. From this relationship, they were able to sing, Were you there when they crucified my Lord? In the New Testament passage for today, we see the background of the extraordinary claim of the New Testament that the one they crucified is in fact my Lord. God is described in the Old Testament as the Lord. The original Hebrew word for Lord, Yahweh, had no vowels and was not vocalized. It was considered too sacred to pronounce. For that reason, when vowels were added to the original Hebrew text, they weren't added to the name Yahweh. There's been much debate in modern times as to what vowels should be used. It was thought that it should be Jehovah, but most scholars now think Yahweh is more accurate. In the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, this sacred name, Yahweh, is translated Kyrios, Lord. It really is quite extraordinary, therefore, that the New Testament writers, who were Jewish monotheists, made this fundamental Christian affirmation that Jesus is Lord, Kyrios, and that our Lord has been crucified for us. From Psalm 31 Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love. When I was in a city under siege, in my alarm I said, I am cut off from your sight. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Love the Lord. David urges, love the Lord, all his faithful people. To love the Lord is the first commandment. This is a two-way relationship of love. We love because he first loved us. Our love is a response to his love. David writes, praise be to the Lord, for he showed his wonderful love to me. Meditate on how much God loves you. What a stack of blessing you have piled up for those who worship you. He hides you in the shelter of his presence. He keeps you safe in his dwelling. He protects you from accusing tongues. He hears your cry for mercy when you call for help. God takes care of all who stay close to him. Therefore, you can be strong and take heart. Even when things seem difficult, be brave, be strong, don't give up.
Lord, I praise you for the wonders of your love. Thank you that you hear my cry for mercy when I call to you for help. Lord, help! New Testament from Mark 15 Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. And when they mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. The chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Jesus is Lord. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? I find it heartrending to read the account of the abuse, torture and crucifixion of Jesus. They crucified my friend and my Lord. Jesus is my king. Jesus accepted the title of king of the Jews. The soldiers used it as a term of abuse. And it is the name written on the cross as the charge against him. However, Jesus is the fulfillment of the great longing of Israel and the many promises of the divinic king. He is a king with a difference. He's handed over to Pilate out of envy, sheer spite by the religious leaders. Be careful of envy. It's sometimes described as the religious sin. Jesus is subject to insults and false accusation. If you are slandered or bad-mouthed, be thankful that God allows you in a tiny way to enter into the sufferings of Jesus and pray that God will help you to respond as he did, with love and forgiveness. My Messiah! It is ironic that the religious leaders mocked him and described him as this Christ because that is exactly what he was and is. The English term Christ is derived from the Greek Christos, which translates the Hebrew Messiah or Messiah. Both the Greek and the Hebrew literally mean anointed. We have seen Jesus as the anointed high priest of God. Here we see him as the anointed king. My saviour! Again we see the extraordinary irony of the mocking words of both the passers-by, come down from the cross and save yourself, and the religious leaders, he saved others but he can't save himself. This was exactly true. In order to be the saviour of the world, he could not save himself. He had to go through the agony of the crucifixion in order to save you and me. The incident with Barabbas provides us with a picture of what Jesus has done as saviour of the world. Barabbas, like me, was guilty and deserved punishment. He was in prison with the rebels who had committed murder in the uprising. Jesus, on the other hand, was totally innocent. As Pilate remarked, What crime has he committed? Yet Barabbas was released and set free while Jesus was handed over to be crucified. The innocent one faced the punishment of death so that I, the guilty one, could go free. We may not be murderers like Barabbas, but all of us need rescuing by the Saviour of the world. My Lord! In yesterday's passage, we saw how when Jesus was asked by the high priest, 
Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? He answered, I am. The high priest's response was to accuse Jesus of blasphemy, that is, claiming to be God. Why was this? When God revealed his name, Yahweh, to Moses, he also explained the meaning. It comes from the Hebrew phrase, I am who I am, or simply, I am. The high priest's response to Jesus' statement suggests that Jesus was declaring himself to be none other than Yahweh, the Lord. This amazing truth is the background behind St. Paul's extraordinary soul cry in Philippians 2, 5-11, which forms the basis of the prayer below. Lord, help me to have the same attitude as Jesus, who humbled himself and became obedient to death. Thank you that you exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Old Testament from Leviticus 21-22 Keep my commands and follow them. I am the Lord. Do not profane my holy name, for I must be acknowledged as holy by the Israelites. I am the Lord who made you holy and who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. Worship the Lord. There's a great emphasis in this passage on the holy name of God. In chapter 22, God says to his people, I am the Lord, nine times. Why does God emphasize his name in these verses? Names were very significant in the ancient times. They were believed to tell you something important about the person in question. As we've seen, God's name was no exception. The name Yahweh declared the uniqueness and greatness of God. God's name also reminded the people of his unique relationship with them. It was a name that had been revealed to Moses as a sign of God's promise to be with his people. Each time God declares, I am the Lord, it reminds us both of his greatness and of our relationship with him. Each of the laws in the chapter is built upon these truths and is designed to point towards them. The theme of Leviticus 21 is God's holiness and the need for the priesthood in order for the people to be able to approach God. In the New Testament, we see that Jesus is the great high priest and it is through him that we approach God. Jesus is first completely holy. The high priest had to be ceremonially clean. Jesus was morally perfect. Jesus is completely holy, uncompromised by sin. Second, dedicated to God. The high priest had to be dedicated to God, as Jesus was. Third, the anointed one. The high priest had to be anointed with oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit at his baptism. He is the anointed one, the Christ. If we are reminded of the need for a perfect priest in chapter 21, we are also reminded of the need for a perfect sacrifice in chapter 22. The sacrifice has to be without defect. Jesus was both the perfect priest and the perfect sacrifice. Take these three passages together and meditate on the extraordinary soul cry. Jesus Christ is Lord. And on his wonderful love for us demonstrated by his crucifixion on our behalf and our appropriate response to love the Lord. Lord, I want to worship you. It is you who makes me holy. It is you who rescues me from captivity. 
You are the Lord. I love you, Lord. Pepper adds. Psalm 31 verse 24 says, Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. I need lots of strength today. Actually, most days. More strength, please, Lord. So let's today use Philippians 2 verses 5 to 11 as our prayer. Lord, help me to have the same mindset of Jesus Christ. Help me to take the nature of a servant. Help me to be humble. Help me to exalt you and put your name above every other name in my life. Help me to acknowledge that you are Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit now.